medical study on the effects of marijuana use confirms that everyone knows you're high and that you'll most likely never stop feeling like this. Your parents know you're high. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Everyone Knows You're High, starring the Grow Guru and myself, Eric, Uncle Eric, to be more precise. This week, joining us all the way from beautiful New Jersey, the host of the Bearded Babble podcast, Mr. Andy Singer. Thank you for being Hello. with us. Uh, uh, again, that's the second time you've used beautiful and New Jersey in the same sentence, and anyone from New Jersey will agree with me when I say you're wrong <laughs> i'm on this kick where all every place is beautiful in its own way i'm sure there's one spot in new jersey that has to have some beauty to it right oh, yeah it, it does have some nice beaches and, and there are okay. some state parks there is some great nature here so i can't knock it too much but uh everything else is uh but but listen you guys and that that's why i'm so excited i know it's like one o'clock in the morning here it's what is it 7 p.m out by you guys uh but just to know that I'm bringing some Hawaii into my house. Like I said, being here in, in New Jersey in my my dank, dark basement here, I got this. I'm always thinking beach. I'm always thinking palm trees. I'm always thinking waves. I'm always thinking Hawaii. So it, I'm, I'm just grateful just to have these vibes coming in, and thank you. Oh, grateful that- for you taking the time, man. You know, the time difference is a big thing, and you you being here is important. And, you know, Hawaii always is looking to spread Hawaii all over as much as we can. You know, spread that aloha, as right. we say. Absolutely. But, yeah, like you said, the time difference is crazy. So thank you again for braving the early hours of the morning there. It's it's funny because it wasn't that tough because usually by, like, 9, 10 o'clock, I'm usually in bed and, like, trying to, like, go to sleep uh, long days and getting up early and everything like that. But Thursday nights is we, we do a lot of things with, with my daughter on Thursday nights. Uh, it's usually like battle bots or anime uh, attack on Titan. Don't hug me. I'm scared. But now we're into movie nights. And last week was breakfast club, which was great to watch with my daughter. Oh. That was amazing. But tonight we watched one flew over the cuckoo's nest with her. Whoa. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, that was, I mean, it was, it was deep. It was dark, but it was hilarious. It was just, and, and afterwards I had so much energy and it was like 11 o'clock and I'm like, oh, this is great. I'm just going to stay up now. I'm fine. And then I realized that I'm like 55 years old. And then I was like, wait a second. I can go close my eyes for like an hour. <laughs> so I ran <laughs> off, closed my eyes for an hour, jumped up. And <laughs> the power nap. Get yeah. The, yeah. yeah, the power naps are important. <laughs> right on. How old is your daughter? Uh, she's 17. Oh, so perfect age for those kinds of movies. Yeah. 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 Back all the classics. That's a super classic. You saw that movie? No. <laughs> oh, you gotta oh. watch that movie, man! It's gnarly. I know of it just culturally. I've heard the title many times, but I couldn't tell you anything about it. <clears throat> well, not to spoil the, the whole plot. Not spoil right? it! I like spoilers. I go and actively seek out spoilers for all the movies, and then still go one hundred percent enjoy the movie. Well, I, I, it was a long time since I saw it, but I know that Jack Nicholson's a fugitive, right? And he, um, 
he voluntarily goes in the insane asylum. What to like uh, elude he, capture? Yeah. Oh shit. And like um it's super deep and he has a relationship with all the patients there and he realizes how fucked up things are and you know Wait, is it a comedy? It's like everything, dude. Yeah, it, that that's that's the great thing about it. I mean, yeah, it it takes place inside of an insane asylum and it it deals with every aspect of mental health that you could imagine. Uh but there is so much comedy in it and and they show the humor of it. Uh-huh. And again, I think that's that that's why I think like we kind of connected too because I think you realize that's that's my aspect on life. Yes, even no matter what you're dealt with in life, uh, you have to find the humor in it and you have to laugh at it every day. Right. I often say after a hard day of work, is all I can do is laugh. Otherwise, I'd cry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find the humor Jeez. in it. And you, I've seen you tried your hand at stand up comedy. You've got up on stage a couple times, right? Are you still doing that yes. at all? I um I, I was kind of going hard, and then the pandemic hit, and then I kind of got off of it. But I recently just got back into it, and it's the greatest feeling in the world to be back up on stage again. Uh, it's I can't wait. Uh, what's it? Uh, Saturday night, I'll be back out again, and it's that that's the greatest therapy for me. Along with uh, along <laughs> with this, uh, st- being on stage is is the most amazing therapy. Yeah, that's ballsy, man. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's the public speaking fear. That's like, you know, everybody knows the feeling of making a joke and not landing with your friends, but try doing it in front of a group of strangers, you know what I mean? (laughs) Shit. But that's that's the fun of it. And and I think the most important thing that I've learned from comedy, uh, from some of the greats that I've been around, is it's... the, the, The audience is there for you as much as you're there for them. Mm. That comedy that you're getting out, you're getting out because you need to. It's therapeutic. And the most important thing is if your comedy is honest and you connect with an audience, you can have a comedian who doesn't have the greatest jokes. But if he connects with his audience, the the audience will love him more than a a comedian who has great jokes but doesn't know how to connect with the audience. Mm. Delivery, right? Exactly. And it's that authenticity, too. If they know you're up, they're just bullshitting. Right. They yes. see, right? Most most comedy fans and comedy audiences nowadays they're real keen to the bullshit, <laughs> right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you started off what? I know you used to make a lot of like photoshops and make funny memes and stuff for comedians too, right? You start off like that's how I found you is through Mike from One by One podcast. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was. It was just. A, I, I got caught up in the whole meme world. I've been doing memes forever, long before they were even a thing. I didn't even realize that I was always like photoshopping different things. It was just, just like a hobby. I, I think that I did the with my kids always just to keep them laughing. And then I started sending stuff to celebrities and to comedians. Um, and I think the first one I think was like Dane Cook that started putting up some of my stuff. Uh, and then I had a great connection that I still do with uh, Donnell Rawlings. Um, and it just like I, I've had. Pretty much everyone in the comedy world and, and some some great celebrities and some people in the music world even uh, love my stuff, have posted up my stuff. And it's kind of I, I, I feel kind of bad about it, but I, I'm still doing the memes now with my podcast. I, I incorporate them into into my podcast and, and having fun with them. But I, I've kind of just gotten away with it, you know, gotten gotten away with it, gotten away from it. Um, I don't know if it's just growing or looking for something else. Yeah. But that alone, just doing that out of the love to make funny content yeah. has opened up so much doors for you in that sense. Because I did see you in a movie once. Yes. Yeah. No way. Tell us, J- tell, tell us, because I kind of know a little bit of the backstory, but like, tell 
these guys and everybody listening, like how that came about, because that was a pretty amazing thing. I was like, holy shit, he's in the movie. <laughs> well, again, again like, like I said, just from my memes, uh, I connected with Donnell Rawlings. Um, uh, some of the stories of some of the things that we've done together are absolutely amazing. But one day he calls me up and he's just because he's very good friends with Kevin Smith. Um, and Kevin Smith at the time and him were working on some uh, pilot called Hollyweed. Uh, if you've never seen that, I suggest you check that out. Uh, Kevin Smith's uh, pilot for Hollyweed with Donnell Rawlings. Great thing. It never took off uh, a lot of uh, politics behind it. Uh, it's still someday there's still talk of it possibly coming back. But when he got the call that Kevin Smith was doing a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, he said, wait a second, I got somebody that's a big fan of yours. Can I get him in the scene? And of course, you know, Donnell said yes. And he calls me up and basically says, hey, listen, I'm going to be in uh, Kevin Smith's new movie. And so are you. Uh, get ready. We're going to New Orleans on such and such a date. Boom. Next thing I know, we're in New Orleans and I'm on the set. Um, long story short, I was going to be one of the cops in the background of the opening scene. Uh, but because of this, they weren't sure what to do. They were <laughs> like, do we shave it? Do we not shave it? The night before everything, they were still uncertain about what my role in that opening scene was going to be. Um, Donnell and I were sitting down over dinner and we were talking about it and he was just like, you can't get rid of your bearded humor. You can't, if you go home, your, your family won't even know who you are if you shave the beard off. So we went and I was like, yeah, that's, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Boom. Next morning on the set, as soon as we walk on set, one of the first things they say is, okay, you know, uh, we don't know what to do with you. Uh, will you shave the beard? And I immediately, I go, yeah, uh, yeah, I'll shave the beard. <laughs> Cause I just, well, I just wanted to be in the movie. Right. I was like, I don't, yeah, I'll be. That's like, dedication I like, Don, right there. Yeah, Don Donnell just like he turned, he threw up his he was done with me. He was just like, Really? He was like, We talked about this like last night that you were gonna say and we'll figure something out. Again, they go through the whole day. Uh Kevin knew about it. I I, I wasn't in the opening scene, but at the end of the day, Kevin was wrapping up everything. Um, and all of a sudden he looks over and he was like, Oh, hold on a second. And the wheels in his head you could see were turning, and he immediately created this. And if you see the opening scene, it's it's a quick thing. I'm there for like maybe like five seconds. But he basically created my own. I have a credited role in that movie as the popcorn eater. <laughs> popcorn eating guy. No way. That's 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 it. That that's that's it. So are you a member of the Screen Actors Guild now? Since you're accredited. <laughs> That, that that's the funny thing. No, I I don't get any royalty checks. I don't. I'm not a member of anything. I I I have. And but the thing is, though, is uh, like I said, I'm a credited role. Now, was I above or below? Uh, I'm right above Method Man because oh, his last name oh. is Smith in my life. Yeah. So that that that's like an like like I can say that that I have a credited role and I'm right above Method Man Top in a billing movie. Billing over so Method you know, Man. Yeah, exactly. It's, it was it was alphabetical, but it was Singer and Smith, and so. It was, uh, that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Exactly. Ex exactly. So it's it's uh, that 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 to me is payment uh, uh, more than enough. That's cool. That's super cool. All right. Can we do like an introduction of him? I did when I started. No, I mean like what he does. Kind of. I don't think. Did we do that? Well, I mentioned. Podcast, I mentioned he does that. the podcast. He hosted beard. Oh. Be hosts bearded babble. Um. What is that? I, well, okay, okay. Tell us a little bit about like your podcast and what it is you're doing with the Bearded Babble. I, I, I again, I think I'm in, I'm in a learning phase. I mean, I, I started a couple of years ago. I used to do a lot of stuff on IG Lives. Um, I used to do a very fun thing on there with uh, uh, um, a good friend of mine, Corinne. We used to do Stranger Danger. She would just bring people on. Uh, they Stranger would either be Danger. celebrities or just average people, mm -hmm. and we would just we would just do this because. That's the great thing is everyone has a story. Everyone can connect. 
everyone can talk, no matter who you are, no matter where you are from the world. You can sit down and you can you can find something about someone that's going to be interesting. So that that 100%. was a wonderful thing. We did a lot of that. Um, and then it came time to get this going down here. I uh, started out with some guests, started doing a couple of things. Uh, then I turned it into a family thing. And, and it really, it was, it, I just love doing it with the family. I love coming down here, you know, um, at the end of the day. I don't get to do a lot with my son with this. Um, I don't want to get into that too much, but I have a special needs son. Uh, and that's pretty much what our entire life revolves around is is taking care of him. So at the end of the night, when the nurse comes and we can get away a little bit, uh, my wife and my daughter, we come down here and then we'll, we'll talk about things. And again, it's there. It's therapeutic for us. Uh, we'll include my son into a lot of the things. Um, uh, but that's what that's what it became. It just became a family thing. Uh, still doing guests. Still. Absolutely. When you reached out to me, I was like, yeah, I love to, again, just talk to people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because after a while, just talking to your family can drive you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> It's pretty awesome that, you know, seeing other folks that have that same mentality, like, it, it doesn't hurt me to go and meet new people. You'll learn new things all the time. You keep it keep yeah. it fresh every single time. Right on, man. So what was that, Eric? Sorry. I was going to say, like, was it, like, hard for your wife and daughter to, like, get comfortable being on camera and on mic, and or did they take to it just as easy as you did? It was uh, uh, my my wife has uh, has a hard time with it. I think still she's she's getting more comfortable. My daughter, I was surprised because my first guest, who's my first guest? My first guest that I did on this show, I don't remember if it was a cardboard cutout of Rowan Atkinson or if it was the sleeping bag of Robin Williams. But I was just like trying to get things going. I was just having like fake, you know, just like okay, here we here we are. I have a guest, and I was just going back and forth. And then my daughter, I, I, I said, I said, would you be willing to sit in on one just like to do a testing? Right. And she did. And she loved it. And that was basically the takeoff when she was just like, yeah, I'll do it anytime. I was just like, OK, There's you know, because how cool is it to have your teenage daughter do a podcast with you and then to right. turn it into a family thing? I mean, it's it's wonderful. And it's you'll look back in it either like with like endearment or embarrassment, either one or the other. <laughs> Yeah, and and she 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 she'll keep me in check if I start to sing or do something silly. She'll give me the look, and I'll tone it down. You know, as I I understand, I won't go too daddish on you, but uh, <laughs> she's absolutely. I'm blessed. Uh, I'm blessed with her. I mean, she's she is absolutely amazing. Uh, she's she's one of my favorite people on on the planet. That's I love hanging out with her and just like I said, just watching one over the cuckoo's nest with her, and then watching Breakfast Club last week with her, and you know, just experiencing life through her eyes. Mm -hmm. Right. Alongside, because you're kind of paving your own journey as well, you know, in your life, you're you're going. So having the daughter at this age, it's still a new venture for you. So you're living your life while she's living hers. So it's just a continual motion between both of you. It's fucking beautiful. Well, she's she's teaching me and she's actually uh, she's probably doing more of the parent role than I am because <laughs> she's inspiring me again. I'm doing all this. I'm keeping going because she is in the process of creating a video game right now. Uh, wow. Every aspect of it, doing code, uh, doing the sprites, doing the music. Uh, that's another thing. She's creating music. She's doing art. She's crochet. She does more in a day than I've probably done in the past five years. So <laughs> it's like she she constantly like, how can I how can I not do something, you know, for, you know, and be like, I'm tired. I'm, I don't feel like doing, I can't I can't say that to her. I can't because yeah. it's you right. know, it's she's doing 50 million things and it's inspiring me. You seem pretty energetic yourself, my man. Well, it's it's um, it's like it's like I said, it's it's the I night. It. 
we had a great night with the family. And then, like I said, I come in here and I get these great vibes. So good energy just creates good energy. Right. Positive energy, positive outlook also, right? Yeah. Hold on. Keep talking. I'll be right back. You, oh, I'll say you ready for this joint just as I was saying it. So um, your role in cannabis, uh, what, what brought you to the plant and when, when did you start discovering it? Yeah. Thank you, thank you. No, no, no. You're right, you're right. I was just alerted that my uh, inbox, my Google Gmail is on my screen over here, so I should close this window. Personal info. How about that? Is that better? My desktop background is a screenshot from, fuck, what music video is it? <clears throat> I can't remember now. But is that better? Yes, sir. Okay. So we're getting started on a thankful joint. What's, okay. What are you thankful for, my friend? Wait, well, did he light? Did you light up? Yep. Oh shoot! All right. Damn. <coughs> was that like nineteen? I was uh, I was experimenting with a lot of different things at the time, uh, stuff that I shouldn't have been. Uh, I had a heart attack. Um, then I found out that I had something called WPW. I had to go for heart surgery later on. Another long story. Basically, that was the thing where I basically was going to change my life. Uh, not not because of this, because of a lot of other things that I had gotten into. Um, I changed my life. I got into law enforcement. I did 20 years in law enforcement. Wow. Uh, didn't smoke this for 20 years, was around it quite a bit, the family and friends. Uh, didn't smoke it at all. Uh, the day I retired, started smoking again, and I don't think I've stopped since then. Uh, while I was a cop, though, a, a detective, uh, I would travel out of state, and at the time I would get my son uh, oils uh, for his epilepsy at the time. Oh. So, yes, I was doing illegal things with cannabis while being a, a, a sworn law enforcement officer. <laughs> uh, but again, my family always comes first. Ethical. You know, moral over what we would think is a law, you know, there's a there's a fine line between that, you know, so there's a lot of law enforcements are torn between like, hey, I got family that I would love to treat, but I'm sworn in. So, you know, they're, they're stuck with that dilemma, but it comes down to a moral, you know, motivation to go and do what you do. And that's fucking awesome, man. Like you said, family first. I mean, family first, 100 percent. Yeah, I, I, I knew, I mean, I was probably at the time, probably like um, 10, 15 years into my career, and I knew that I could possibly be throwing it all the way. I actually reached out to someone that I knew that knew a lot about what could have happened if it would have happened. And, and yes, I would have lost everything, but but again, the option was uh, I was doing something that was, was helping my son. So it, again, it was no option. Had awesome. something happened, I, I would have dealt with the consequences, and that would have been it. But uh, there, was, there was no thought in my mind that it was... It was, okay, yeah, this could go horribly wrong. This could go wrong for me. This could go wrong for my family financially or whatever. But I, I can't – my son's health is more important than that. We'll figure yes. it out when that time comes. Yes. So, awesome. So cannabis in New Jersey wasn't even re or medically legal at the time then. No. So it, it was it, – I was going to ask. It, it went was, straight from illegal to straight wreck? Did it even have a medical period at all? I think we had about a year medical. 
Okay. It was, yeah, and like I said, this has all been within the past, like, two, three years. I right. mean, it's, you know, it's, yeah. and again, it's, we're lucky the dispensary that we get uh, our stuff uh, uh, for my son from, they're wonderful. But I hear a lot of the horror stories about what goes on here in New Jersey. Mm. I don't think they ever wanted it. They fought it. They didn't want it. And even now that it's here, I still think that they're still, I, 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 every now and then you'll see, like, something saying that they're still trying to ban it. They're still shutting things down. They're still giving everyone a hard time about yeah. it. They're holding the door open for the federal government to come in and bust people. Like, the state is just being complacent with them. And I can imagine the money that they're making here has got to be phenomenal, but it's not enough. Hmm. Or they don't want that money, right? It's like they don't want that green money. You think federally they can't do anything with that money? That's that's why? Like, banking-wise? You think well, aren't they not? Isn't it like a whole thing for dispensaries to even have their money in banks and systems? So like the feds aren't even getting their hands on it for go. one. One, you're breaking the rule of it, you know, having an illegal drug. And now you're also not paying taxes on it. Right. So it's like double. You, I think you're still getting government. I think you're still getting taxed. So like, wait, what? So if you pay if you go and buy from a dispensary and you pay state tax. You're not paying federal taxes, are I, you? I don't know if you're paying federal, but I know right. you're paying some sort of tax. Right, yeah. and I'm sure the federal government isn't super happy about not getting their cut either. <laughs> uh, I, I, somewhere down the line, they're getting their cut. They always do. I mean, that's uh, it's. And again, it's it's a plant for crying out loud. It's 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 a plant. Stop uh, giving everybody such a hard time about it. Right. That's what we say, man. Free to plant. Yeah. Well, like I said, it was it was weird back in the day. Like I said, I would have to cross state lines. I could go into certain states and I could buy the oil legally mm -hmm. and then I would have to drive it back into New Jersey where it was illegal. And it's like, well, why? Like, right. it's it makes no sense. It, it helps someone. Yep. Yeah. It's well, crazy I mean, how they can draw that line where the jurisdiction is here, where legal, illegal. And then you got to, like, clench your butt cheeks as soon as you go over it. This invisible line, this right? This invisible fucking <laughs> yes. line. All of a sudden, it creates yes. such dire consequences. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fuck. Heart rate goes up. Your anxiety level goes up. Your butthole gets tighter. The beard gets grayer. Every single time. <laughs> One gray strand is a stressful trip yeah. across illegal yes. borders. How long has uh, yours been growing there, Eric? I've stopped shaving in like 2010. And I've trimmed it a bunch of times since then, and like it's gone up and down. But yeah, I haven't put a razor to my face since 2010. Yeah, I'm probably right around the same area with you. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I always had a long goatee, uh, and then it was one no shave November. It was right around 2009, 2010, I think. And then I was just like, that's it. Yeah, I was like, I'm going it's for the same the, thing. Yeah, low, low maintenance was my my <laughs> my kind of goal there. Um, what about the hair? Oh, yeah, you have long hair too. Yeah, yeah. I usually have it up too, but it's uh, sometimes I just let it out and just eh, it's. Lucky I'm having ass. fun with it. So when was the last time you cut your hair? Oh, I, I it was probably around the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I stopped cutting my hair in when I turned 33. I don't remember what year that was already, but wow, <clears throat> I was gonna go for this 12 year thing. So when I turned like no, was it no? It was when I was 30. Because at 45 was when I said, out. no, it's 33, 45. You're throwing a lot of fucking yeah, numbers yeah, yeah, at I, me, man. You're confusing my the memory, shit out of me. My memory, too, is shit. 
Um, even when it comes to things about my own self, apparently. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was 33 years old. I said I'm going to stop cutting my hair because that was my, my Christ consciousness year, 33, right? The same age as Jesus. So I was like, I'm not cutting my hair anymore. I'm going to do it for 12 years. And then when I'm 45, I will decide whether or not I cut it or not. Why 12 years? Because um, that's just like a 12-year like vow of like the Nazarene, right? It's called the Nazarene vow. It's a Rastafari thing. Okay. Um, where you don't cut your hair, you don't cut your beard. But I, already, I had already stopped sh- shaving my beard, but I would buzz my head. So I stopped cutting my hair, and then maybe like six years into growing my hair out, I decided to dread it. So I've had dreads for a couple years now, maybe. I don't know. So you had mun- you had a man bun for five years. Well, for the first like two or three of those, it wasn't long enough to be a man bun. It was just what did like, you do to corn roll it? No, I used to like gel my hair and like make it nice. Like I used to like <laughs> oh, style shit. my hair. You used to slick it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck. I invested in gel in gel for a little while. Yeah, I, I've I've gone all the. I was so anti man bun. Uh, I, I think for a while too, I don't think my hair was long enough. But then when it wasn't, I actually did it. I was like, "This is actually comfortable, and it's actually an easy way to keep your hair." But mm-hmm. I was like anti man bun for the longest time, and then I was like, "I like this." It's the stigma that comes with it, right? The- I'm sure it's functional, yeah, but it's super fucking funny to make fun of. It, it, exactly, that's it's it. low hanging fruit. As a, a example, I have two sons, eight and six, and they both have long hair, and. They like to wear it down, but they always complain, like, it's in my face. I want to cut my hair. It's in my face. It's like, dude, just put it in a bun. Put it in a man bun. They're like, no. But it's like, just, like, like do that, what's the Dad. word of the word? Like, just surrender to the man bun and just do it, right? <laughs> Wait, Speaking I'm gonna... of, yeah, I'm such a man. I always have a scrunchie in my pocket just in case I wanted to put my hair up. I always have a scrunchie on hand. <laughs> at, least you, at least you got it in your pocket and not around your wrist. <laughs> like Jason Momoa. Yeah. <laughs> I usually keep three rubber bands with me at all times in my hair. And I used to keep two, one for each kid in case they needed or wanted one. Yeah. And now I have a daughter who doesn't have long enough hair yet, but now I'm starting to keep three just to have that like ritual of having one for each kid symbolism. in my hair. Yeah, symbolism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. I just do that kind of weird shit. That's cool, that's, man. That's, that's, that's great, though. I'm going to light our joint and say what I'm thankful for. I'm going to say I'm thankful for Instagram because that's how I was able to meet and connect with Andy here through the power of social media. I know there's a lot of negatives to be said about social media, but there are also a ton of positives. And meeting people from across this beautiful planet is one of them. So thank you, whoever invented Instagram. Ooh, who I did? Know. I don't know, but who did? Zuckerberg owns it now, right? So thanks to him to, for keeping it going. You gonna thank Zuckerberg on this on this channel? Yeah, that, yeah. He, he probably owns everything. So no, Zuckerberg. Uh... I watched the podcast with Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg. It was their part two where they did their second one, and I'm not necessarily all that mad at Mark Zuckerberg. He doesn't seem like that bad of a dude. I am. <clears throat> yeah, I know because Hawaii and he's buying up land on Damn Kauai. You got personal right. reasons. But other than because Mark, if you don't know, Mark Zuckerberg bought up a ton of like Hawaiian seeded land on the island of Kauai and is disputed. And it's a whole thing. People are pissed, rightfully so. But he is a billionaire and can do whatever the fuck he wants. So he's doing that. So there's some controversy here in the island surrounding the Zuck. But if you hear him talk about how he runs his business and just him talking about it, it's like I'm, I'm not mad at the guy for that shit. You know what I mean? Fuck him. (laughs) <laughs> is, is he planning is he planning on building and like ruining the land or is he planning on kind of like leaving it he's as, privatizing as, as, i believe he's, 
it's just going to be his personal land. You know what I mean? He's that's his private estate or whatever. He's buying out the land. Yeah, he's. So. Pa- you can't own the water. It's God's water. Well, yeah. I don't know enough about it to talk about it at length, but I know that's the gist of it. Am I correct, Mike? But Mike, drop some yeah. education. What do we do? You got to speak up so Andy can hear you on the mic over here too. What do you yell on this? What's that color? You, you drop some information. Let us know what what the details is. I don't know the details. All I need to know is buying up land and fucking doing whether quiet titles, mm. basically, and fucking suing people out of their land in a way. Right. You know what I mean? He's battling He's taking land over. owners. Yeah. You know, so if I mean, if he had morals, he wouldn't be doing that shit. And you know, he got money, and no one can fight him on it. You know. So he's just fucking steamrolling his way in. And Oprah. Fuck her, too. Oh, oh shit. He said, fuck Oprah. I said it. Fuck I said Oprah. it. He said, fuck Oprah. Fuck Oprah? What about Roseanne? Don't come. Yeah, what about Roseanne? Oh, she did that shit, too? Well, no, fuck but she did have a Mac nut farm on Maui, but, like, I think she moved out, and now she's in Austin or whatever <laughs> with all I the other comedians. Ambient fucking thing. What? She went on a rant. Oh, where she almost got canceled and shit. She, she got canceled. The Roseanne show was supposed to come back. Oh, yeah, she got canceled. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Is that something that worries you about going on stage and saying something and just people being like, oh, well, let's cancel this motherfucker? I, it, it's interesting. Um, my comedy, I've, I've always wondered about because I do. I joke about uh, my son. I joke about uh, his medical issues. They're, they're deep. They're dark. They're, they're personal, though. That's the thing. I think if someone else were to say some of my jokes... Maybe it could be sound as offensive if you were joking about someone. I'm joking about my son, but I'm joking. I'm joking about the life that we live every day. I'm joking about how we get through and how we laugh at the things that we do. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I remember specifically, like I said, I've always wondered if I was going to offend someone with, with jokes about, like I said, very personal things, very medical things. And there was one night specifically at at Caroline's. uh, I was opening for Donnell Rawlings there. And I remember um, I got a great ovation. It was a Friday or Saturday night. Everyone clapping at the end end of my set. And I remember I walked off and I remember he grabbed me, grabbed me by the shirt. And he was very serious. And he looked at me and he said, they have to love you to be able to laugh at that. (laughs) To hear that from him Uh and to understand that, that they understand that, that I'm not joking about my son. I'm, I'm, I'm therapeutically laughing about how we get through it. And there's a difference. You're finding the humor in yes. the struggle or in the day-to-day life that you live and finding, yeah, finding the humor in it. It's yeah. not a point of finger at every anybody else. It's <coughs> right. It's an introspective kind of a it look It is at it. introspective. Okay, sorry. It, what no, are you? It's, his, it's his take on, like you said, your everyday life and you finding the humor in that. That's fucking dope, man. I was just going to ask, like, what kind of humor... Because I like stand-up comedy. I, I respect all stand-up co- comedians, you know, from, like, the Mitch Hedbergs to the fucking Paul Moonies. Oh, yeah, right? You, 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 just had, you just two of the greats right there. So there that's, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's absolutely. Both yeah, spe- I, I don't. Spectrum, um, you know? Yeah, I, I, there's, there's no one that I don't listen to. I mean, uh, I listen to the deepest, darkest. Uh, uh, I, I've been at. Um, oh, my God. Why am I drawing a blank now? I'm going to blame it on the weed. Um, I, it's, it's kind of, I, I, I've been at comedy shows where the comedian has been on stage joking about children, special needs children, children in wheelchairs, children with epilepsy, things that I deal with. I've seen people get up and walk out of the audience and like, I, you're like, oh, how could he joke about this? 
while my wife and I are sitting there absolutely hysterically cracking up because <laughs> it's hilarious. He finds the humor in it and he puts it out there. It's not in an angry way. It's 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 in a funny way. It's right. and, and that that's that that's what comedy is. That's an interesting thing now where people get outraged on behalf of other people. And those are the ones who always seem to get the most upset. Yeah. Like that. Gonna... The, what I was just saying, that was at an, that was at an Anthony Jeselnik show. I was going to say. That actually happened. As you were struggling to come up with the comedian you're thinking, I was thinking, I wonder if it's Anthony Jeselnik because that fucker is super dark. Oh, is it? Oh, it yeah. Was... Oh, yeah. Yeah. What that, is the that one? That happened to us at one of his shows. He had, um. It's like fire at the maternity ward is one of the name of his specials. Holy <laughs> shit. He starts off with like one of the worst jokes, but I like his shit. I like the, 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 like the shock factor, but uh-huh. like the, the way they deliver it. It's like, you have no choice but to laugh yeah, yeah. to get angry at that. You're such a dickhead. Yeah. You know, it's like it, you're in a comedy show. You expect the unexpected mm-hmm. expects it, you know, especially when a comedian comes up and you're like, okay, cool. And there's no knock-knock jokes here. It's going to get fucking crazy. We're going to turn, you know? <laughs> Imagine if someone nowadays could murder a knock-knock joke, though. Oh, my fucking And, like, God. just kill it with that and be like, holy shit, that's those. <laughs> I think the aristocrats jokes would be like. Aristocrats? Yeah. You heard about the aristocrats? Yeah. Cartoons? Yes. What? No. No, what? It's, it's like a structure of jokes. Like, um, yeah. uh, what's his name? The one that died? Uh, George Carlin? He has yes. a pretty fucking good one, man. Oh. And like it, you can do whatever you want, but the structure is you can do whatever you want, but it has to be crude and it has to start off in a, uh, a template, right, of characters and end with aristocrats. You have to say aristocrats at the end. <laughs> what? Just YouTube is fucking okay, okay. hilarious. Yes. So yeah. this is a bit from George Carlin? From everybody. It's just a, yes. it's like a template that they got to follow on their bit. It has to be. And the punchline is aristocrats? Yes. All right, I'm going to Google it. I'm going to look it's, it up later. It's pretty fucking dope. Yeah. Bob Saget has that, a good one. Bob Saget. Yes. That, that, that's the great thing about comedy is you can go from, from that deep, that dark to, um, to, to your family-friendly stuff. You, yeah. can, you, know, you, you can go to, to your Jim Gaffigan's. Yeah. You, can, yeah. you, you can go. You, that, that, that's what I love about comedy is whatever you're in the mood for, that's what you go for. Like my wife and I, we're always constantly like on Netflix or just that sort of thing. And we're scrolling through and all of a sudden something will click and it'll be like, oh my gosh. Like, like. Uh, I can never pass up coming across like a Mitch Hedberg. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's just some of the some of the best stuff oh right there. That's oh. Clay, you got to light that or hit that yeah. and say what you're so thankful for. I'm thankful for the universe and oh. the timing at which the universe gives us things. Um, maybe not it gives us things, but align things up to where you shouldn't stress on small shit because it'll just kind of flow in the path that you're you're intended to go. So just don't fight anything. So I appreciate the universe. The universe. I think the universe appreciates you, too. Cool. We're you good. Know, you know what my wife says to my kids? The universe always says, yup. So when you say something positive about yourself, the universe says, yup. If you say something negative about yourself or you're, you know, yup, same. So you be mindful of how you speak. Universe agnostic. Towards others, up towards yourself, you know, because the universe is listening and it says, yup. <laughs> Which sometimes I kind of don't like. The universe, man. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with the universe, let me tell you. No, no. <laughs> but, it, but, but how important is it to speak like you just said? That's something that 20, 30 years ago, if someone started talking to me about that, like, oh, speak it into existence or, or good energy. I was, I was one of those guys that was kind of like, eh. And, and I've learned over the years how important and how true that is. 
Mm -hmm. Just what you put out is what you get out and how important to put the good energy out is. And you will get that back. Right. 100%. (laughs) Manifestation is like the law of attraction, right? The more you put it out, the more you return it. So you just just keep a head on straight. That's what I've learned going through a bunch of bullshit is just keep your head on straight and just just be you. Don't let it break you and your personality and and your intention in life. And it's going to follow suit. Everything's settled back down. You know, you'll get back on your groove if you're ever off of the groove, and then you'll get knocked right back on those rails, and you'll just keep on trucking. So, don't sweat the small shit. It's called a retrograde. Yeah. There's always a planet in retrograde that's looking to fuck you up. <laughs> oh, Jesus Mercury, Christ. Venus. Something's in retrograde all the time. No, no. <coughs> but what about you, Andy? What are you thankful for? What am I thankful? <coughs> let me let me get this serious. This diet. Let me get the last of this going here. What I am grateful for is exactly what has happened here tonight is good conversation, good energy, uh, reminders of things, tools in life to help you get by, to get through your day, no matter what it is, no matter how dark it is. Uh, We talked about laughter. Uh, We talked about good energy. Um, We talked about the ups and the downs, and that's the reality of it. But like you said, it'll get better. It's not not every day is going to be a great day, but it will get better. Yeah. Uh, and if it's not a great day, laugh at it. Make inappropriate jokes about it. Who cares? As long as you're laughing at it, that's all that matters. That's a cool one, man. Just that's make true. fun of it. I, I never did think about that shit. You know, like, hey, I'm just going to fucking make fun of it. Tease it, you know, and co- combat the bad energy in with comedy. One of... I have um, one cool. of my past episodes. I'll, I'll, I'll send you the clip. It's hilarious. It was just one of those things. It was after a long, crazy day. I was taking the recycles out. I was carrying a whole bunch of boxes. I had already put a whole bunch of boxes out on the porch. As I'm going out, I went to reach because I thought because, you know, I could always take more because I got to do it all in one trip. So I was overdoing it. And, of course, half the boxes fell. Um, then I went to reach for them. The other boxes fell. I tripped over one of the boxes. I started kicking the boxes down the stairs. I'm pissed off. I'm kicking them down. I finally get them down. As I'm walking back up, what do I do? I look straight at the ring and go, oh, my God, that's going to be hilarious to watch later. <laughs> and it's, it's my, my wife and my daughter watch it on the regular. They watch it all the time and just crack up. I was, I was ready to kill cardboard across the world, but it's, it's one of the funniest freaking things I've ever seen. That's so awesome. It's like if you could do that all the time and just kind of step outside of yourself and see how you're reacting to certain things, you probably would be like, you're so silly. It's not easy, though. You, it's easy to get caught up in the oh, moment yeah. and kind of oh, like, for sure, for sure. Ah, the world's fucking coming down on me. But like those are the moments you got to fucking breathe and be like, OK, wait a minute. No, yeah. it's not. Yeah. That's hard, man. Fuck, it's yeah. hard to click that off and to, to set your fucking mind into a different mode. When you're already programmed to do a certain thing, you know what I mean? So it's fucking, that's awesome, man. You know, that's good advice. I'm actually going to take that. Like, if I get kicked in the nuts again. What? You know, proverbially kicked in the nuts by life. um, I'm going to just fucking make fun of it and try to think of a clever way to make a comedy routine about it. Because I I believe, um, I watched enough comedy to think I could fucking at least say it to myself and laugh, you know? You know what's great, too? Oh, go ahead. Everything is material. Everything is material. Right. Everything. 
Huh. I was going to say it's great too when you have someone in your life who can actually do that for you as well. Point at you and be like, look how silly you're acting over this thing. Look how mad you're getting like, or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, and in a loving, caring way, you know, not to make you escalate that, the, the that situation. That could be problematic to the person though. Because no, some that's people what, are like narcissistic tendencies. No. They'd be like, fuck that. Don't tell me what to do. No, but that's what I'm saying. If you have somebody in your life that you can take that from, and right. can, you know what I mean? That is on that level. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm great. My wife and I, we we can understand each other. We also know too when someone's at their almost at their breaking point. So you don't make the joke. You have to know. <laughs> so delivery, it's, it's, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So very delivery is important. I was I was actually just trying to justify myself how I act towards my wife when she gets upset. I'm like, ah, look at you getting all mad. And like, nope. Yeah. yeah, you don't be like, good for you. Like, I'm just trying <laughs> to hope that she's grateful that I'm that way. No. <laughs> That I can laugh at her struggles. What about our production team? You guys want to um, <laughs> um, uh, tell us what you're thankful for back there? Anu? Well, our teachers, our kubu, you know, our kubu, people that laid the foundation and you know, brought us to where we are today. Yes. Yep. The generation after their generation after their generation. Yeah. He said our kumu or our teachers... Kumu is teacher in Hawaiian, but actually means like the source. Yeah, yeah. Kumu is like the source. Foundation. The foundation. Yeah, yeah. That's like so. Like your Kumu hula is someone who teaches you hula. Your all that stuff. Um, what about you, Mister Bud Naked? Um, life and health. Just happy to be around. Well, yep. Banzai health. So since we're kind of getting into metaphysical stuff and the universe, how do you feel about grounding, <laughs> Andy? <laughs> grounding as in grounding to the ground? Yeah. As in, as in like laying on the ground and being one with it? Or even just taking your shoes off and having barefoot touching the soil? Let me tell you, that is something that I miss dearly. Uh, I was actually at the Jersey Shore. Uh, nothing to brag about. Uh, you guys have Hawaii, of course. Um, but uh, it was it was just amazing. Uh, I, I talked about it in my last podcast. I stood there uh, as the waves were crashing in on my, my feet, uh, trying to avoid the syringes and body parts. Um, uh, as I stood there for a good maybe five to eight minutes, just breathing with the waves. Uh, there were people walking in front of me. There were people walking behind me. I'm sure somebody probably called 911 about Bigfoot being on the beach or something like that. But I just completely connected with when I tell you I was my every breath was was with the I, I was incomplete and it was the most beautiful thing. It 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 was three years of therapy for me. It was the past three years have been extremely difficult since everything. But that that was, again, getting up on stage, but standing there just connecting and I know I, uh, one of my wife's uh, friends, Nicole, always talks about how important it is to stand outside, you know, in your bare feet and to stand in the grass. I don't have any grass on my property. Um, and that's something that, that I need to find an area. I may, I may just have to go stand on my neighbor's lawn one day. It just, they may find me out there at six in the morning. I'm just going to be just going, I need to ground. I need to yeah, ground. Just, yeah. just give me a moment. I need to ground. But <laughs> it's, well, go ahead. Well, you. Okay, <laughs> so we went to a big island, right? Yeah. I, I don't know if I mentioned no, this. I think you did, but there's nothing wrong with grounding, by the way. I think you talked about it on my podcast when you were on. Okay, I'll, I'll put it on this podcast. So mm -hmm. we went to um, Big Island, down to Kilauea, 
She's like, hey, let's, let's try grounding. I was like, okay. Fuck yeah, I did it. And I was like, huh. I actually feel different. And and that led me to like, all right, all right. There's something to it. You know what I mean? I feel more in tune with my surroundings. Mm-hmm. I, that's the simplest way I could put it. You got to have the intention, though, cool. when you do it. If you don't have the intention, then it's... I think it's scientific. I don't think it's... um. I think it. I think I intention think it, is one thing, too, but like... Having no intention to might be a thing, right? Because when you're a kid, I don't know if it's the same for. I didn't have an intention in, at no, all. in the I'm mainland, like, but in Hawaii, growing up, when it. we used to play outside in the parks or wherever, barefoot all the time. That's how we just played when we were kids. Well, you run faster with your slippers on. Your yeah, hands. for one, you run faster barefoot, and when you put your slippers, slippers on your hands, I believe people in the mainland might know them as flip flops, but. We just played outside. I think that had a lot to do with like being connected to the earth as kids. Hawaii kids or like kids in general who play get to play outside and perhaps do take their shoes off. There's just something there. It's just like automatic. You don't you know what I mean? Like I don't know. I mean in electrical sense, grounding is a real thing. Like mm-hmm. there's a ground rod, right? It mm-hmm. goes into the ground to disperse the energy. Mm-hmm. So, like, we're beings of energy. I truly believe, scientifically, you could prove there's something to it. There's something to it's it. There's got to be, battery, right? Bro. He's a battery. You're taking all the positive energy yeah, to your head and it's going back into the ground. Yeah, and it's positive out there, right? Yeah. So, it's like you have to ground it, and you're just a big old fucking mobile lightning rod just right. walking around connected yeah. to the earth. Powder. <laughs> Powder. <laughs> Is that what you said? It's <laughs> <laughs> fucking hilarious. Stupid. <laughs> What, the movie powder? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> that was ridiculous, dude. Holy shit. Imagine if you did get struck by lightning and have, like, magic powers after. What would your magic power be? Like, telepathy. Wasn't that the other, or was that a phenomenon with um, fucking John Travolta? Am I thinking of a different movie, maybe? What was powder? <laughs> That was the kid who was all white, right? <laughs> yeah, his mom got yeah. struck by lightning. His mom got struck by lightning? Yeah. And he nah. came out fucking albino for some for reason. For real? Yes. It's a really great movie. Okay, I mean, yeah, I'm getting the two already. confused. I know that's the same guy from Boondock Saints. That's the only reason why. Right? No. What? Way. Yes. Did you know this? Which one? Which one? What? I, I bet, can pull I'll it up. Bet you gotta, anybody. You got to check this out. I'll bet anybody. I got, I, got a, I got a computer right in front of Sean you. Sean Patrick Flannery or whatever the fuck his name is. <laughs> One of the main guys? What is it? Yeah. One of the two? Yes. Not Daryl from fucking Walking oh, okay, Dead. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Not, okay. okay. Are you serious? Come on, dog. Like what? Movie to watch with your kids. I, I never noticed. Potter. Boondock Saints. <laughs> Say your prayers, Irishman. Sean Patrick Flannery, he's right. What? Jeremy Powder Reed. Oh, he looks so different now. Sorry we don't have the technology to be able to share all this with everybody so you don't get to see what I'm looking at, but I can confirm. His dick. It is. His dick's it on is. your screen. I, Sean, <laughs> Sean Patrick Flannery. Just, he has a four-inch cock. Like, holy shit. You, you post it to the screen see, on Zoom. Can you yeah. zoom in? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look at his cock. <laughs> I'm just oh, yeah, that's him. <laughs> Did you watch Boondock Saints 2? It's horrible. It was bad. It was like they were trying to make a Boondock Saints one and miss the mark completely. Yeah. You yeah. know the um that detective that was not uh William Dafoe, but that right hand man he picks on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's the guy who fucking wrote directed it? the whole thing. Ugh. 
That's a one. Now, he's a comedian. The first one was fucking awesome. He wrote the first one. The second one. That guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That was a great Everybody, it's that's the. I think everybody's getting lazy though. It's like nobody's original anymore. It's like everybody's got to remake or reboot or redo or or finish this one. It's like, where's the originality? It's it's like I'd rather watch TV from the eighties and you know from the seventies and the eighties at night. It's word. It's original. Word. I don't know. Netflix be coming out with some cool shit, man. Like, yeah, but well, that's that's another problem though is there's so much how do you even know except for seeing people post up about it but there's i I was talking to my daughter about that how do you like back in the day uh, eric you can you can you can relate to me on this when a movie came out you first off you saw a trailer for it uh you heard about it months in advance and then you waited for it and then finally the movie came out you went to the movies you saw the movies uh, and then you waited a year and then you could finally get it on this big plastic box thing that you would have to take home and rewind and bring back to the store and blockbuster and yada 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 but now there's there's a million movies made a day yeah. it's yep. like how do you even keep up with what's going on yeah what we've been doing is picking a genre uh-huh. and then reading up on it and be like huh that's interesting and then clicking it and just it's kind of hit or miss at that point right Huh? Three stars and under. You look for the shitty movies. <laughs> start with the bad ones and just hope Whoa. for the best. Oh, okay. Sometimes you gotta just—I don't know. Interesting strategy. A lot of the things that are coming out on Netflix might seem original, but they're just adaptations from graphic novels or novels. It's all like things like that. But I don't know. I, I'm a huge Especially fan thrillers. of Marvel movies. Dude, I'm lost. I tried to watch it yesterday. I'm fucking I love lost. It. I love it. I'm a complete nerd. And I like thrillers. I always liked Marvel. I'm waiting for my freaking collecting cards to like jump up in fucking value. <laughs> Dude, I got like two sets. Yeah. Remember, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, like, the Marvel cards. Fuck, I got series. I'm so I think much one of that two. shit. Mm-hmm. Complete sets. Holograms, everything. I don't know. I noticed Same. that like thrillers nowadays, it's kind of like repetitive. You'll have the zombie apocalypse. You'll have the specter, the poltergeist. You'll have that kind of same shit over and over again. Like, really don't have any, or like the, the mass murderer, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you don't get anything that's like new anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, the exercise. Oh, mo- most of the nights, uh, my wife and I, we like to watch what we call mindless TV. We watch a lot of, uh, I, I got her into Top Gear, if, if you know what that is, oh, the okay. original Top Gear from UK. So I'm rewatching. I think we're on season five now. I've seen I've seen every episode at least like ten times. But I'm rewatching with her. She absolutely loves the uh, the the entertainment of it. The three guys, the they're the way that they intertwine. Uh, and then another one of our favorite shows is Hawaii Life. We watch it all the time. We what always is, just dream. What is Hawaii uh, Life? Hawaii. It's it's just it's just real estate in Hawaii. Oh it's shit! Just, they just it's just constant they're just from island to island the the price range is all over the place you see right, the small right. tiny little things you see the the mansions it's yeah. oh what is oh. new jersey's property value uh around is it like up to par with hawaii or is it kind of like it, it it's 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 weird because you don't you don't it's I know you don't get much for your money over there now because I know things because I know certain 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 islands, certain areas uh, every now and then like I dream and I look and I'll be like, ah, no, I couldn't afford that. Or what we see on the show, too, sometimes you're like, wow, like eight hundred thousand for that. And then that's kind of like what you get here for eight hundred thousand. It's not a lot. It's right. it's 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 something kind of old. It's 
not really updated, but it's it's got all the necessities. But that's it's like eight hundred thousand, really. That's that's it. Right. Are you like in the suburbs of New Jersey? Yeah, okay. yeah, and it's uh, like you were talking about grounding. I was actually I, I'm feeling worse uh, because the more I go out, the thing that's getting really scary to me about this area is uh, the street that I grew up on is about a quarter mile from from where I am right now. That street, I remember as a kid riding down it with my bicycle, and I remember on a Sunday day, you couldn't see the sun. It was a tunnel. It was just trees. I went down it the other day. There wasn't one tree on the block. Mm. Uh, I, I just, it, it, it hurt. Yeah. It just, I, I felt like I lost something. I felt like something was, th- those trees, like I said, it's, I, I don't know, grounding or whatever, but those trees were a part of me. And to go down that street and to not see them anymore, mm. it felt, I felt something lost inside of me. It was weird. It gave the street its identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's trippy. That's yeah. sad. Mm-hmm. What I, happened to the trees? I, I don't understand. Oh. I don't understand what's going on. They're cutting them down like crazy. I know we've had a lot of storms here over the past couple of years, and, and there's been a lot of. Uh, mm. We lost like a dozen trees, like right and right on our block. I mean, a couple of houses got hit. Uh, it's been it's been real rough, but it's. They're just so big, so old that I, I guess the storms are just taking them down so like, or people are just having to cut them down because they're just becoming dangerous. Got you. Like damage mitigation type shit. Mm. Yeah. Boo. Boo. So are you far from the city? And that probably would reflect the property value being super high. I'm right by <laughs> one of the major highways that goes into the city. Gotcha. And if you go about a half a block down, um, I'm actually like kind of kind of high up on a hill at type of area uh from my house you can't see the city but like i said you go a half a block down and it's a beautiful view of the city oh, wow. um I, I like to say that i'm i'm anywhere from 15 minutes to two hours out of the city and that's the traffic. honest truth because I, I can i can be in there i can be at something in 15 20 minutes or i could be at something in two hours it, it all just depends on what's going on in the city that night yeah. that's like here too hawaii yeah. has some of the worst traffic along the shortest stretch of highway right and our highways are nothing like mainland highways you know what i mean they're four to five lanes maybe but four tops tops maybe yeah but from where i live to like downtown it's 25 miles and it can yeah take 40 minutes or two hours fuck yeah depending on what time of the day you leave rush hour it's pretty predictable, though. Traffic here is kind of scheduled out. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Five to, like, nine is yeah. like rush hour. Yeah. And then after that, it's kind of, like, mellow up until, like, three to, like, seven. But one sleepy guy on the road who oh, wrecks at good. four in the morning is yeah, fucking it, It's fucked. I hope they're safe, but they fucked it up for everybody for the rest <laughs> of the morning until, like, 11 a.m. probably. It's just going to be gridlock for 25 miles. <laughs> Nah, maybe not that bad, but still, it's fucked up. The worst thing by us is the construction. Uh, most of the construction used to be at night. It would usually be like you know, like twelve a.m. to like six a.m. or something mm-hmm. like that. Now they're just doing construction all day, all night long. They're constantly they'll they'll, they'll finish one highway. They'll get they'll make it a little bit wider. Uh, then they'll start working on another one, and then before you know what, they're coming back and then they're fixing something on the first. It's it's just it's just, just not like that's here. all it is. It's yeah. just construction. It's somebody's making a lot of money. That's that's New Jersey. I like to think the same shit. That's the same here. shit here in Hawaii. Wow, our roads are constantly deteriorated. Let they're me, constantly patching it, and it goes right back. Like, let me ask you this: in New Jersey, 
does it take 11 dudes to fix one pothole like it does here in oh. Hawaii? <laughs> It's, I always said, um, a friend of mine had told me about, it. I, like when you see like the road crews working on the side of the road and there is one person in that job who, who his job is basically just to bring the gas can when the generator needs gas or whatever needs gas. That's, that's his job. He's yeah. the gas man. There's one awesome. person there for eight to 10 hours a day. That's, that's, that's it. Carriness. That's all he does. That's it's there's it's that so that's why you got 10 people standing around yeah. because there's someone else doing something else that's i don't I, I again say, that's 11 zero. of the dudes standing around are supervisors and two of the guys are doing the work <laughs> listen i'm glad to hear it's the same everywhere yeah. because Fuck. it's and our roads are fucked here still like they are constantly working and fixing shit and it's always bad they're always doing something we're building this gigantic rail system here now I don't know if you follow that. Probably not, but it's this trillion, nah, not trillions, but billion dollar boondoggle that billions. these fucking guys, it's just ridiculous. It was a project that should have never happened and it did anyway. And it sucked up so much funds that the federal government's kind of going in and auditing all the books on that shit. Um, none of the locals wanted it because it just, it, it has no purpose. No one's going to ride it. So, they raised our registration on our vehicles and like what it, what they're going to do is they're going to make public transportation go from inner cities to the rail and you're you got to go to the rail oh, fucking you know what's like tokyo japan over you know there, what's bro. even crazier is that shit i forgot what i was going to say but yeah. one of the one of the things i was going to say is that none of the fucking stations have bathrooms I didn't know that. Yeah. That's one of the things I was going to say. Hopefully, I can remember the Hold other on. one. That fucking stairwell is going to smell like piss so bad. Oh, it's going to be yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> and it's like the trains oh. they're using are not going to have like people monitoring. It's going to be all camera monitored. So there's not going to be like people on. You know what I mean? It's just like it seems like they're going about it all wrong. They're touting it as this whole great, you know, thing. Well, oh, actually, that's what I Okay, Now I remember what I was going to say. It was more of a, it was a question, actually, because you brought up. They raised our registration for our cars. So, you know, I'm sure as a lot of states do, you pay a yearly registration for your vehicle. In Hawaii, it's based on the weight of your car. And a lot of people in Hawaii like their big trucks. So people are paying like $500 a year for their registration. <clears throat> and that's supposed to go to the, the roads and the rail and all that shit. But I'm wondering, do you guys pay registration in New Jersey? And like, if you do, how much? Oh yeah, no, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, I actually just registered. I don't I don't remember how much the registration was, but I had to pay the tax on it because it was from another state. It's it's insane. I basically just paid like twelve hundred dollars yesterday. Yeah, that was that was just. I mean, I I still was state tax out of out of state, but it's again the the money. Who knows where it goes? It's 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 the same everywhere. Obviously, yeah. it's is it based it's, off of weight though? Your vehicle. Yes. Yeah. The vehicles are, are by weight code. I, I mean, it's pretty much, I, I don't think there's much separation. I mean, I've had, you know, large SUVs. I've had small cars. Wow. Uh, I don't think there's, I don't think there's, there's much of a difference. I, I think you guys are a little bit more nitpicky when it comes to, to weights. Mm -hmm. um, I know when it, when it gets to like trucks and stuff like that, then, then they're much more, you know, picky. Bruh. I'm pretty sure my parents, they live in Wisconsin. Shit. 
and they pay like 15 bucks a year for whatever vehicle you have. It could be a, po- a state population thing because there's maybe so much people, that kind of a thing. I, I don't really know, but that sucks. I'm pretty so sure well, we have. Well, we have that. We have 15. we have a road. Do you have? Do you guys have tolls and stuff no. like that? Yeah. No. So you're like we have easy. They make it easy now because you get easy pass. You stick this thing up in your windshield, and now you just get to drive through at 50 miles an hour instead of having to stop and throw out, you know, Change. two dollars worth of quarters. It's it was. So, I mean, they, they, they just, it's just constantly, and that's like, like going into New York, like, like, yeah, we're 15 minutes away. I, it's not much of a rush or an enjoyment to go into New York because I don't even know what the, 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 the tunnel is up to. I think like 15, $20 what? parking oh. is 30 to $50. Everything, a hamburger is $15. I mean, it's just, you can't even afford to even go into New York just to, oh, just crazy. to enjoy it. That's crazy. Yeah. Have How you ever you... been on a toll road? Um, I have in Illinois. Yeah. Yeah. Us two, we've driven from Wisconsin to Ohio and had to stop at every single toll road because we were in a rental car. And it was oh, every time we pulled up to one, I was getting an- anxious. Like I had an anxiety attack. Like, it was a fucking oh, car fuck. stop. <laughs> like, nah, just like, do we have enough money? Like, is, is our coins right? Like, is the thing going to accept the money? Because one time it wasn't like accepting the bill and people are lining up behind you. It's like, fuck, I'm not from here. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like I'm panicking in, on the inside every time. Oh. But fast pass, yeah. My sister and them lived in California, and some of the highways and shit there had something similar. But yeah, they had the thing you just stick it on your. How does window. that work? It's infrared shit, so you just go through the sensor. But what, like, you have preloaded money on there? No, like... you just pay your fee, I think, and right, you pay a fee every month, and it just makes sure the thing works. So what if you don't pay? Yeah, it? you like, you stay ahead, like you? yeah. How do they stop you? Yeah, from you stay ahead. They <laughs> mail you the bill. <laughs> If they pick it up when you're driving, especially through. when you yeah, break yeah, the they'll arm know because all 50. the all the toll stations have cameras on front, back. Every time you go yeah. through it, they got you fucking oh, okay. clocked for sure. But, but if you don't have that thing, plus, do you have to get it? It's or you a, it's connected. Manual? Your Easy Pass, yeah, you can, you can still pay manual. Uh, your Easy Pass is connected to your license plate, so they'll also see. And now too, they have the the readers on the license plates, uh, so they don't even need to see the numbers anymore, as long as they can get that digital code that they can get off. What of if codes, you don't have uh, that? What if you don't have the Easy Pass thing on your car, and they, they don't know who's driving through the thing? Then you pay manually. You, the, the gate is yeah. down; you can't go through it otherwise. Oh, okay, okay. I see. No, I you're see. just not going. Wham, through I mean, if it, what is there like two different lines in? I guess. Right, there's like seventeen different lines yeah, at some of these shit. fucking things, bro. <laughs> yeah, and and ten of them are occupied by truckers. Damn. Yeah. It's fucking unreal, dude. The freeways in the mainland are overwhelming sometimes. The the one thing I, I need to ask you that we have here in New Jersey that a lot of places don't have is we have when we go to get gas, we have people there that actually pump the gas for us. We used to have that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, where? In Kalihi, in a place in beautiful Kalihi. Beautiful, but I think I don't know if we're because I know there's some states where like they have to have an attendant. Is that what it is? Is there a rule that some states have to have an attendant? Maybe. I I don't know, and it was it was brought up just a couple of years ago here in New Jersey, and they were talking about getting you know getting rid of it, and of course New Jerseyans you know they started freaking out because we're lazy, uh, <laughs> but it's it's weird like like I've driven like you know to like Rhode Island and like Connecticut, and it's like you pull into the gas station and I'll just sit there and like you know like you'll see the person like inside the booth like looking at you like. Dude, you're oh. gonna get out, and I'm like, "Can you pump my gas?" And they're like, "You must be from Jersey." And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> "It's a Jersey thing." <laughs> like, if we do, 
if somebody comes out to pump your gas at a gas station, or it's just some like overly helpful uncle or somebody who just like works there. He doesn't necessarily have to do it for you. He just is like, ah, fuck, I go help you. I get him, stand you go. Yeah. It's just the aloha spirit. <laughs> yeah, that, that's that's the one good thing we have here in New Jersey is we have people pump our gas, and you don't have to pay for it. I mean, I'm sure we're paying for it somehow, but. What know. are your gas prices right now in Jersey? Um, I don't know what we're at right now. I think we're, I think we're good. I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but. Uh, filled up the other day that I, I don't even look anymore i just, yeah, uh, just i need gas bill. okay i'm just gonna just just get it exactly yeah, just yeah. give me the bill i don't need to know shit what are we in hawaii our lowest gas is like 430 yeah 430 440 wow that's yeah that's high for here yeah it's it's high here because it, it has to like come from the mainland and shit and you know it's all tankered over <clears throat> Now, is it true, like Joe Coy says, do you all drive like lifted uh, forerunners over oh there? Oh my fucking god, yes! Tacoma, Toyota Tacoma. Oh my god, Tacoma. yes! Jesus Christ, he's oh. so tall. He, he must have met and talked to a bunch of local people because that those ads he did where he's like, "You get this Tacoma, this one, hundred oh. percent spot on." <laughs> it's almost as accurate as the South Park episode. I mean, is as accurate as the South Park episode about Kauai. Where it has all the natives on Kauai and Butters goes to Kauai, but like, oh my God, yes, Joe Koi, like even his special that he filmed here, like a lot of the stuff he talked about is like on point. He was very immersive though when he first showed up. Like he he really got to talking to people and got to hanging out with people. Yeah, so it's yeah. not like he just came, did his thing, and left. Mm-hmm. He fucking did further research, and it was just so smart on his part because it's like, oh yep, my fucking my stand up was a hit out here. Let me go immerse myself yeah. and throw some local jokes and material at them and see how they do. Oh, man, they love he's it. A, he's a real people person. I met him years ago, long before he even blew up, and uh, just very just down-to-earth, mm-hmm. just, like you said, just immersive. He wants to know. He wants to, again, he, he wants to find a story out from the people in the area that he's in. Right. And you know what? From what this he describes his upbringing and his family life is very similar to a huge demographic in Hawaii. There's a huge Filipino demographic here as well. So people can relate to all that shit. And it's like, even like journey with, um, yeah. yeah, When they come down, the Filipino community shows up, you know what I mean? Like they love it. And, so yeah, Joe Koi, he's a huge one here. Well, the the he sold out like 11, 12 shows at our Blaisdell Arena, which is like our what basketball sports arena. That's the one. How big is that? Not too big. How big is Blaisdell? But it's a pretty big arena though. But he sold it out and then like sold it out again and then added shows and like ended up adding like a total of eleven shows and every single wow. one was sold out. How clever of a comedian are you to know that? Okay, he used the Filipino. Um, connection with the local community, so he knew that we had a high demographic of Filipino com- uh, Filipino people. Yeah. He came in related to them, but not only that, he jumped to the actual Hawaiians. The different, he understood that our cultural diversity was something that we made fun of yeah. growing up. So he was like, "Oh, what?" And he was very observant and like met a bunch of people and like smart comedian because he knew like hey i'll be back with more material that more people expand your demographic would like and then he'll be like fuck yeah dude i can win over everybody i mean not in a malicious way i mean i'm sure he did it wholeheartedly but the the manner at which he how observant he was and like okay i'm gonna fucking come in this 
next special i'm gonna sell out and oh shit the local community is starting to love me because i'm like dropping real shit you know smart guy man genius absolute genius comedian i mean to to watch his stage presence and his crowd work too i just watched his uh, latest special the other night um i think it was the los angeles forum one and he has a bit in there where he just goes off to some crowd work comes back to it at some point even ends on it and it's just like i mean if, if that was legit just on the spot crowd work like he does and i believe that that's what he does uh, he's <clears throat> absolutely one of the greats right that's another thing as a comedian. You got to read the vibe of the crowd, right? That's hard. Like, because there's so much people, like, some people are just insensitive to what you said. Some people can't comprehend what you said. And it's like, you got to get all those people on the same vibe and deliver your joke to where everyone can understand it, too. And you're, you got to be, you know, entertaining, too. I, I think that became, uh, that was something that I noticed early on. And it, to me, it almost became a uh, a personal thing mm. where if I saw someone, you know, with the arms crossed, you know, not not enjoying it, I would almost kind of interact a little bit more. I would almost kind of lean in. I would almost kind of like end the joke on them with a little side eye or something like that. And it got to the point where if you can get that person to drop his arms, if you can get a chuckle out of them, if you can get something out of them, you won. I don't care if I have the entire room falling over. If I got him to even just crack a smile that that's i i won tonight that's awesome and i i listen to like um you know especially brendan schaub coming out with him being an up-and-coming comedian and him asking brian callen and all those other guys advice on, on comedy and how they would break it down to like it, it's an actual profession with a, a fucking like a criteria lined up like you need to be strong here you got to work on your material here and it's like a an actual like I said profession. You gotta work at it. It's crazy. You're just not a funny guy. I mean, that takes you a long way, like uh, athletic, you know, uh, ability in some sports. But like, you can be a funny guy, but you gotta have structure. You gotta lay it out to them where people fucking can take and like you, man. That's cool. Like comedians are awesome. It's it's incredible to see, uh, and I, I don't like to call myself a comedian because a true comedian, what they do is absolutely incredible. These guys are out there five to seven nights a week uh, doing two to three open mics, taking whatever they can, uh, taking undercards, taking, uh, uh, you know, jobs that don't even pay enough for them to even get there and pay for parking and, and whatever, but they're taking it. And this goes on for years. Right. And that's that's the thing you don't know when you, when you see a big name comedian, it's what did they struggle through to get there? And that's, that's the amazing thing is, right. is the struggle and the hard work and, and the growth. That's the thing, because you'll see some guys that are still doing the same thing 10 years later. And it's like, why are they still doing the same thing? It's the ability to adapt and to grow and to, to, to read the audience. So you have to be able to change each night. Uh, you have to be able to change your material. Uh, and that's important too. I, I've been around some of the greats. I've, I've been around a lot of, a lot of comedians and to see a comedian, you know, three or four times and it's like, okay, you know, you know the material. But to see some of the greats and to go, wait a second, was that that joke? That did he just do that to that joke? And it's like every night you get new material. You you get some of the same stuff, but it's tweaked, it's changed, it's um I, I, I've been around comedians where I've been in conversations with them about things, and that night as I'm sitting there in the audience, they're making a joke about it, and I'm like wait a second, that's something we were talking about. And it's like amazing to see, again, everything is material. 
And right. that's something you have to realize that you can turn anything into territory. That's awesome, man. Is it like seeing a little too much behind the curtain, like seeing the same comedians over and over do the same material? Like, I know you're saying like that they tweak it, they add new taglines and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. It's like kind of seeing how the sausage is made when you see a comedian who just goes up and does the same material over and over and over and they don't change it ever. And it's like kind of seeing like, oh, it's kind of how it is, like, I guess, in some parts of, you know. The process. Oh, it's like it's like going yeah. on the road in a rock show, right? It's like he's playing the same set over and over and well, over that's, again. And well, that's tweaking the, it out just a tad bit based mm-hmm. on the vibe of the of the crowd. So it's, it's just like performing. You're a performer. You're an entertainer. You know, yeah. you're doing the same shit over and over again. But like a but comedian's that, better. <laughs> yeah, you, you have to you have to learn and grow, and and that and that that's the one of the best advice that I ever learned too. Is what what's what is the best advice? And that is stage time. That is standing in front of that microphone and trying your craft and seeing where it goes. It's going to fail. And you have to understand that there are going to be times you're going to be up there for five, 10 minutes. You will not get anything. And that's something that you take home and you go, okay, none of that worked. Is any, is anything from there something that I'm connected to or committed to that I still want to try to change next time? Or do I throw it out? And you have to be willing to figure it out, work with it, change and grow. That's why we like when you see a joke, it's like, my God, how long did they have to work this joke to get it to what it is? Right. And that's the thing with jokes, too. Some jokes start out five minutes long. And then by the time it's done, it's like a, a Bill Burr, just just punchline after punchline after punchline after punchline. And it's like, oh, my God, like it's it's insane. But it's it's the work that goes into it that makes it better, just like the musician yeah, they may be doing the same song over again, but are they adding more art to it? Are they getting better right. at it? Are they are they making it more of a performance? Right, right. I mean, they can play that that, that song in their sleep. It's just what kind of flavor you're adding on that day. And like John Frusciante yeah. is such a good uh, example of that because he would throw, like they would give him free reign to like run run their concert. So he would just take it from one song and just go off into his little universe and then come back and then somehow link it to the next song. So that transition was on all John Frusciante. So like Slain Castle, perfect example. If you ever watched him play live on the Slain Castle, it's on YouTube also. But it fucking, he just, from one song to another song, he just kind of led the concert by the transition he was feeling, which is fucking ridiculous. I can, I can see that too, because one of the things I like about live music is that like, the variations that come from each live performance. It's not the same at it was at that show or this show. So like when you get to hear these live recordings, you might have a like, oh, I like that version from that show at, you know, 1979 or whatever. So like you might have a comic that you meet me like, you know what I mean? You might have, he might have done that joke a million times. But it's like, oh, I saw him at this one show, this one time him do it. And it was like the best. It was like, I love that one <laughs> that way. The people in the next show might have seen a completely different version or, you know, similar, but little tweaks here and there. But, yeah, <coughs> that's what I mean. What if you go to if you're like a huge fan, you go to every single show. You know what I mean? Oh, well, yeah, that, that, that that that's funny, too. I've seen comedians um, tell the same joke twice in one set because after a while, like I said, some nights they're they're doing two. Some nights they're doing three, you know, sets in one night, three different audiences, two different audiences. 
And yeah, you have your material kind of down, you're kind of changing it around, you're kind of interacting, and you kind of get lost. And depending on if you're drinking or you're smoking or whatever, mm. I've seen like comedians do this, and I've been like, after like, you know, you did that twice, you're like, oh fuck, like, <laughs> like really, like it's, it's it's like a band playing the same song twice. They <laughs> <laughs> just forget it's it just becomes right, you know, and, and that's the thing that you shouldn't let it do. You shouldn't just get up there and you shouldn't just be doing it like the musician. You shouldn't just be doing the song. You shouldn't just be doing your comedy. You should be interacting. You should be moving around. I had, uh, again, I had Donnell Rawlings yell at me one night because I was just standing there. And after I got to the stage, he's like, what the fuck are you doing? And I'm like, they were, they were clapping. What did I do wrong? He's like, you didn't move. He's like, you stood there. He's like, that's not you. He's like, I go to your house. He's like, you're all over the place. He's like, you're moving around. You're animated. He's like, that's who you are. That's who you need to be. So mm-hmm. be who you are on the stage. If you're not, then you're not. I mean, some comedians, uh, Stephen Wright, stand there, don't move the entire time. Absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Uh, you know, other comedians, Robin Williams, take up every inch of the stage. Right, right. Cat Williams. Sweat up a puddle in the process. Yeah, <laughs> yes. They must have some pretty good non-slip shoes on to be able to like move as quick as they do on that stage with all that sweat. He makes me very happy because I'm I'm a sweater. Uh, I'm an over sweater. Like I'm like in the winter time. Like I could be outside in shorts and a t-shirt, and I'm sweating. Unfortunately, I passed that along to my kids. But uh, it's that makes me proud to know that I can be on stage and I can be sweating and I could go. Robin Williams did the same shit. Yeah, it's cool, man. I never, I never feel bad about it. Right. Robin Williams always makes me feel good. He he sweated long before I did. Yeah, pave the way for other heavy sweaters. Thank you. <laughs> Fuck. How long have we been going? I sweat like a oh, motherfucker. Everything. I know. Keep going. You sweat a lot. Oh my god, dude! Like choke. Like that's what I was made fun of when I played sports. Like, yeah, you sweat a lot. I sweat a lot. So like I bring like two or three shirts to practices and shit and just douse every single one of them. Yeah, it's fucking man. It's crazy how much like I'd have to drink water after practice and shit. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you rolling up the fat one? Yes. Okay. I think it's about time. We also usually roll a three paper fat joint on wow. here. Wow. So I figured might as well do that now before it gets too too late. This I, weed is definitely starting to kick in. Yeah, I'm stoned, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's 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 the weed, and it's, what is it? It's 2, 2.30 in the morning here, so this is... Uh... I feel bad because it's only 8, uh, 8 thir- <laughs> it's like 8 o'clock here, so I... Um... So, wait a second, though. Where's the sun at right now? It's, it's, is it setting it's, or... No, it's gone. It's dark outside. Oh, it's yeah, dark. Yeah. We never get that summer where you guys have it at like 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Mm. Uh, our sun goes down like during the summertime... Latest seven thirty. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and in the winter time? Winter time's like what? Five five forty five, five thirty. It's early. Know. There's yeah. zero we don't have um we don't have daylight savings time or any of that. Uh, we um it's uh I think we're finally done with it and I'm it's it's been the biggest pain in the ass. I'm glad I think we're finally done with daylight savings time here. We um don't even have real seasons here. I mean, obviously. Two. W- rainy and sunny. Yeah. And you get both of them multiple times a day. Yeah. Like when I was talking to you earlier and I showed you outside and it was sunny. I like literally 30 minutes later, I went back outside and it was raining. And I was like, shit. <laughs> it's funny. Like I showed Ow. you one direction. If I panned around and turned you behind, you would have seen the clouds up in the valley and the mountains behind me. <laughs> How far are you from the ocean? You're At any given moment, you're never more than 30 to 40 minutes uh, from the ocean. 
like, ha, uh, during a day, do you, do you see the ocean pretty much oh, throughout fuck. your day at least once a day? All know? the time. Or all the time. It's, all the time. Uh, yeah. Everywhere uh, your car goes, uh, you're going to see the ocean. You yeah. see the uh, ocean and you see beautiful green mountains. Uh, I mean, and also monstros like ugly monstrosities of buildings and condos and all that kind of shit, too. But you still, it's juxtaposed to the beautiful mountains and the ocean. We're still pretty lucky. Yeah. It's, it's, there's zero uh, gloomy weather. Yeah, the rest of the world's coming down. Did you see that? It's, what? It's the just it's gotta word, be warehouse or whatever. Oh yeah, that's a thing. Here is the over what condos condonization gentrification. Like, yeah. Uh, so there was this shopping center in Honolulu, right near the ocean. It's called Ward Center. It's built in like what 80s? the bro the seventies, sixties, seventies. It's been a long time. It's kind of a staple, a landmark. And this whole area, from when it started, it had expanded to other ward Victoria centers and all these shopping places. And it had, like, all these shops that people have come to know and love in the community. And one by one, these buildings were getting shut down for condos. It's another condo, another condo. And super high-end condos. Yeah. That no locals afford. Yeah. But not to make downturn what we were saying, but it is beautiful that we do get to see the ocean oh, and the mountains. You're starting to see less of it with these buildings. Yeah, you can still find it, though. <laughs> nah, it, it's it's oh, shitty. That's... Like If you look through a lens of, like, you know, the, gl- the glass half full, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful place, you know. If you, if you don't itemize it and you look at it as a whole, it's a beautiful place. I, I still appreciate Oahu no matter what. So our downtown, our, our, our metropolitan area, it was built in such haste and such greed that it kind of reflects a bad taste in our mouth. So that's why you get that response from Mike. Um, it is beautiful in its own way, just like any other city in the world, you know. I mean, I've been Seattle, L.A., you know, Oregon, Portland. They all got their grungy side of the city. They got their beautiful places. It's It's another one of that, which... You know, it's shitty that it had to be, but at the same time, like, it, that's what it is. That's what we're looking at. You know, we're slowly losing those landmarks that we have, but as long as it stays within that area, I'm kind of cool with it. It's it's a it's a tragedy that it happened, but man, when they start buying us residents out, and that's why yeah. we should, uh, as residents, kind of learn about like, oh fuck, they can do that there. So we got to kind of make sure that doesn't happen here. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure you're familiar with recent American Idol winner, E.M. Tongi. You must have come across his no. that story. Not at all, really. Wow. Congratulations. Uh, I, 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 my, 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 wife, my wife and daughter watched the show uh-huh. for a while. I don't know. They would probably uh, uh, be on, they on might that. Know. But he's a Samoan Hawaiian kid from originally from Hawaii who, during the pandemic, you know, as a lot of Hawaii and local families do, Hawaiian and local families do, they were struggling and they had to move. They chose to move to Washington State just because they couldn't afford to live here anymore. And it's, oh, Tongan. Samoan Tongan. Hawaiian Tongan. Anyway, but Polynesian. A beautiful Polynesian kid. And he, him and his family had to move away and, you know, he highlighted that on his audition for American Idol about being priced out of paradise. That's kind of a, a moniker that has come around 
in Hawaii is like Hawaii is becoming too expensive for Hawaiians, even, you know, the native people of this place. And it's a huge issue here. And it was kind of amazing to see that this kid on this national platform highlight this and even just say that priced out of paradise. And then like Jelly Roll was on Rogan and they talked about it and that's even more eyes on it. They played that clip and I was just like, holy shit. But that's a huge thing that Hawaiians here in Hawaii struggle with is like not even being able to afford a home in their own home. And people might say, oh, they get there's an agency called Hawaii Department of Hawaiian Homelands that's supposed to be, you know, building and providing for the Hawaiians and stuff. But ask anybody who's on that waiting list who's been waiting fucking decades if they're doing anything for Hawaiians. Basically, it's like reservation for the Hawaiian people. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, there's a long list. There's a lot of more options that they could do to kind of help us out. And they're not doing it, so that's kind of where the yeah the bad taste is too. It's yeah. a lot of bureaucracy. By land. Yeah, so a lot of these condos that are replacing these landmarks are being way overpriced, and it seems as if they're being marketed towards a foreign market for people to come and buy them up in bulk and then rent them or do you know what I mean? Other people to make yeah. money, and they're not really focusing on the interests of the indigenous people of Hawaii, which is super fucked up. <laughs> It's, it is. It's, it's, I mean, always, it's something it's we talk about. A lot. It's 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 a shame because uh, again, it's paradise. It's it's a place that I hope someday to finally make it to and, and possibly retire out there. I mean, to me, right. that's uh, ever since I saw Bobby Brady found the uh, the tiki on the beach, I, I fell Bobby in love Brady. with uh, <laughs> just the. That was my first like. Where's this? What is this place like? Oh, that place is gorgeous. No shit. Yeah. That's no, awesome. it's. I've seen that side of it, too, because I used to work in the hospitality industry. So I've met a lot of people who's had a lifelong dream of coming to Hawaii. And I'm meeting them here as they're fulfilling that dream. You know what I mean? So I see the allure that Hawaii and even just like we were talking about energy and all that kind of stuff earlier. Like Hawaii has a special energy. I'm sure there's parts of New Jersey that also have special energies. <laughs> you know? But no, T toxic energy that, but, uh, <laughs> come out like the toxic Avenger. <laughs> about the that's, that, uh. that, that's where New Jersey, that's toxic Avenger. Yeah. Seacawk is New Jersey. Trauma. <laughs> but no, like, yeah. So I forget what we were, what the point of all that was, but yeah, just the, I really liked that when I saw that on American Idol and EM Tongi, this kid who's gone through it is talking about it and. I don't know. And he ended up winning. He was like the winner. Not only that, like he could have made it about himself at any point in time. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't. He chose to highlight that shit and like represent the people. I mean, it did reflect because he had to leave. But at the same time, he he doesn't. He could just take it upon himself and talk about you know his dad or you know. Um, but it's like for. But him saying. Priced out of paradise is the equivalent of Kanye West saying George Bush doesn't care about black people. It's like a fucking like holy shit. He just said that on TV. It's like I don't think to that extent. I mean, yeah, that's maybe not that crazy, but still, it's like it's almost like that. Like I, I kind of wanted to go for the shock value of it all, but you know, you it was pretty it. shocking. It's like oh fuck, they never edit that Blair. part out. It was amazing oh. they let that slide. 
But like I said, it's it's amazing. Like I said, when my wife and I watch these shows, the Hawaii Life, the Island Hunters, the, all the different ones, and like some of the homes are just like, oh my gosh, like how do people afford that? Like, is uh, how, what are you getting for that? It's it's like, and again, I the same thing around here. Some of the times, some of the homes, I'm just like, really? I mean, we've um, long story. I mean, I used to own a home when my son got sick. We ended up moving back, and this is the house that my wife grew up in. So it's my my mother in law's house. Um, it's been here forever. It's a very old house. We know that when we finally get out of here, we're, this house is going to sell for a ridiculous amount of money um, just because of the neighborhood that it's in. Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to basically tear it down like they've done every other house around here, and then they're going to rebuild a giant house on top of it. Yeah. How much That's is the average house in Jersey now, you think? He asked how much is the average house in Jersey. Oh, it's, it's getting crazy. Um... I, I want to say we're over half a million. I want to say we're probably closer to seven fifty to seven fifty to a million. I mean, it's it's yeah. getting insane. It's even in the bad areas now. You have these developers going in and building these beautiful big homes, but they're still asking a ridiculous price for them. Mm -hmm. We have a sim. I mean, that's kind of similar here. I think our average house just like hit a million. Like the average price in Hawaii yeah. is a million, but like you know some. Bad neighborhoods will obviously be a little less. However, same like in the mainland, I guess, or in New Jersey, the developers are going in and tearing down houses and building what they're yeah. calling here. What are they like? Monster homes. And they're these gigantic houses where multi-family, generational families are living in these houses, like 16, 15 people, because they can accommodate. They're that big. And it's just like making it impossible for... The average person who has to, you know, one job to just be able to afford a decent house or apartment even here. Like, that's why a lot of young kids, they move from Hawaii. They go Vegas. They go Washington because they can do that. Go to school, live in a house with a bunch of their friends and pay a couple hundred bucks a month and yeah. survive, you know. Yeah, it's it's just too expensive. I mean, unfortunately, we're kind of stuck here uh, with my son. This is one of the best places for all his medical needs and a lot of the stuff that mm -hmm. uh, that he needs. So we, we kind of need to be here. Uh, I mean, it, we're always constantly every now and then we'll start looking somewhere else and they'll be like, ah, just with the nursing and everything. It's yeah. Uh, but eventually we're going to figure it out. We got to get out of here because we, we need I, I need to see the ocean more. We need to see the ocean. Yes. Everybody uh, needs to see the ocean. That's what they said. Right. I saw a thing on Instagram. Your brain needs to see water every day probably i don't know probably back to the grounding but yeah have you yeah, ever exactly. lived anywhere like outside of new jersey or have you moved around and not see the thing is though is uh another crazy story with me i was born and then i was adopted at three days old but i was born uh and i was originally from miami beach so i'm a i'm a beach person at heart i i need to that's where i'm supposed to be mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. it's and then at three days old i came here to wonderful new jersey and that's uh, someday I'm going to get back to that beach. Get back to that beach. It's that longing. It's in your DNA. Same like even, I mean, this is not a bad place to be stuck, but a lot of people from Hawaii never leave Hawaii. You know? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I hope not to be stuck here in Jersey all my life, but I wouldn't mind uh, saying that I was stuck in stuck Hawaii. In Hawaii. All my yeah, life. Yeah, that's not, a, sounds a lot better. It's not terrible. It's a beautiful place, man. I've fucking been here my whole life. Yeah. Never take it for granted. 
I love everything about it. Um, city kind of see and drives me nuts. That, so. That's a great thing that you don't take it for granted because I remember one time I was visiting Colorado and that was driving through Colorado. I something I will never forget. That was, I remember looking over at my wife and going, it's, it's like a painting. It's like, is this real? Like I couldn't even take a picture at that moment because why would I take a picture? I do not want to stop looking at this. Right. Right. And I remember I went into, I went into one of their little local deli, you know, fast food places or whatever. And I came outside and I had to drink in a hand and I'm just standing there and I'm just looking at the scenery and I'm staring at the mountains and I'm just in absolute awe. And it was a guy standing next to me and all of a sudden he was like, Hey bud, you okay? And I was just like, this is, this is breathtaking. This is beautiful. I was like, I, you know, I'm not from here. And he was like, where are you from? And I said, oh, I'm from Jersey. He's like, oh, you buy New York. I said, yeah, I said, I'm right outside New York. He goes, you can see the New York skyline. I says, yeah, I can see the New York skyline. And he's just like, how beautiful is that? And I'm like, how beautiful is this? And he looked and he went like, whatever. And he started asking me questions about New York. And I was like, no, I'm like, no, I'm here to get away from all of yeah. that. I'm like, how do you? And he's like, and he, that's exactly. He said, he said, I've seen this all my life. He goes, this is nothing to me. And I'm just like, how is that? How is that nothing to you? Desensitized. If I'm going to, if day. I'm being completely honest, I take it for granted when I'm sitting in traffic. You mother, yeah, I can see that. You know, like it's hard times, to be an optimist in fucking yeah, traffic. I mean, we're not all perfect, yeah. enlightened beings, and you know, but like, I, you know, that's why talking to people from not from Hawaii who have an excitement and like are get jazzed about talking, you know, about Hawaii reminds you, like, oh shit, we are fucking lucky. That was what, kind of one of the good things of working in the hotel industry is like it was a constant reminder because people were like, wow, you get to live here? And I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I get to fucking live here. Dude, and, you know, that's what's beautiful about that you look at the fucking glass half full again mm. with tourism. It's like you get to spread your culture yeah. in that sense and you can spread awareness. Every fucking worker in the hospitality industry should be preaching that to mm. the guests. Preaching, you know, like education, like, hey, by the way, da, 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 da. you know, every day something and put that in people's minds and heads that like, oh, when I step out of this beautiful hotel, I need to go and do my part or make no impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How to. Yes. Yeah, that's that's like the thing, right, is mindful travelers, mm-hmm. you know, of culture, especially if you're traveling to a place that like Hawaii that has a culture, you know, that has a people here. You know what I mean? It's but 2, you should do that miles away from everywhere, bro. Okay, I'm gonna tell you this. On Instagram, uplift others. You seen uh, his post? Uncle Kawe. Yeah. Uh, not recently. This uncle here that lives on Oahu. He's a farmer, a real stand-up dude, Hawaiian. Like I don't know. I don't know how else to describe him other than he's like the shit. But he was bringing up the fact that how many people, because in Hawaii, we, you know, are very, people are very, the word, you know, like, I don't know, ku'e, right? They stand yeah. up for yeah. their land and their their beliefs and their culture, right? Very protective of their space and their culture and their land. And he brought up the fact, because he was on the mainland, as we call it. Or the continent, as other people call it. But um, he was there with a bunch of other native elders from other tribes across, like, the the southwest and all these northeast, northwest tribes. New Mexico, tribes. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And he was talking about how many people think about when you go to Vegas that you're on another native indigenous people's land. And he kind of was like scolding Hawaiians for like, you know, you talk this when you're at home and about our land and this and that. But like, are you being mindful when you travel to Vegas specifically? Because that's some other people's land. Yeah. And and I, how they might feel about their land being commodi- com- commoditized. Monetized? Yeah. Yeah, that's monetized. I almost went commoditized. Commodified. 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 And like bastardized and prostituted and like turned into right. Vegas, right? Well, how much Hawaii guys go there to exactly. get drunk and fucking party? Exactly. You know? Exactly. And so. what are you leaving behind and all right. this shit? Like even intention. Right. Traveling to a state with intention. Like mm-hmm. what kind of intention are you having coming here? Right. Hey. Everybody's guilty of it, right? Hey, I, I got to say <laughs> I'm not. I've never oh. I've never went to, to Vegas to go gamble or I went to go like snowboard or go visit family. Like it was never like I'm not a gambling person. I'm not a drinking person. I don't like to stand in lines. You know what I mean? Like so fucking crowds are not my thing. I wouldn't be on the strip. I'd be in the mountains or, mm-hmm. you know, around family and shit like that. So like I've never did that. You know, I gambled maybe once just to say I did it, and that was in Reno. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, why am I doing this? So I just play. I just go home and play video games. You know what I mean? Like, it's way more. People come to Hawaii and all they do is surf. Because surfing's fucking awesome. It's for your I'm just soul. Saying, I'm just saying. I'm just. You can't. You I'm can't just, compare surfing to gambling, bro. No, I'm talking about you, you. You go to snowboard. You don't go to Vegas to gamble. You go to snowboard. People don't come to Hawaii to go play tourists. They come to just surf. Is that? It, with the right intention. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to come to Hawaii to surf, yeah. but I'm going to know how to... Nah, I'm just trying to fucking poke holes in your shit. No, no, but <laughs> no, that's that's cool, though, because, like, it's relative, right? Yeah. I'm not going to go to a ski lodge and fucking just do whatever I want to do. You know, I'm I not going to go to a lift and do whatever I want to do. I'm going to kind of, like, tiptoe and, like, watch what's going on, you know, like, see my boundaries, and then go. I'm not just going to be like, Black Diamond, and fuck myself, you know what I mean? I guess that's sort of the same thing. Well, people come here and they're like, pipe. You know, they'll, yeah. I want to go and they're, they have a fucking cheap bodyboard and they're going out and lifeguards got to rescue them, putting their lives oh, in danger. Yeah, you true, know? True, true. So I'm not going to do that. You know? You're taxing the people who live yeah. there, the locals. Right. If, if I go to New York, I'm not going to go and throw my rubbish outside. I, although there are probably there's thousands of people just throwing the rubbish <laughs> on the ground. I wouldn't do that because yeah. that's someone else's land. Like that's there's so much going on with what's beneath the concrete that who the fuck am I to do that? I'm not even from here, you know. Yeah, it's, even though it, 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 oh. New New York is become uh, it's uh, it's <laughs> like I said. I mean, it's become it, it's extremely expensive, but just the crime and the dirt lately. It's it's just. Uh, it, it's it's gotten horrible. Let's just leave it at that wow. right now. Is it a matter of like time that has passed? Because like at some point, Manhattan was indigenous land. I know they sold it some to some dude at some point. That's crazy. You say to some dude. I don't remember who bought it. Jeez. The Manhattan purchase. It was called. It was for like forty seven bucks and a couple mules yes. or some shit. Yes. Some but, dude bought it exactly. Yeah, and now somebody That's owns Manhattan, great. and now that was some. But like, how many people are even mindful of that when they talk about re- indigenous things? Oh. Do you know Manhattan is sinking? Yeah, I've heard that. Oh yeah, like, <laughs> like Venice. Yeah, it's sinking. They they, they <sighs> real. I mean, they just keep building. They keep building, and they keep building, and they said, "Yeah, you're on an island. Uh, eventually, 
how many tons do you think you can just keep putting on this island before it's just going to start? It's sitting, you know, yes, at the bottom of the ocean, but what's that sitting on? Mud? What's that, you know, what's underneath right. all the... It's going to eventually just keep creeping down, and they say it's it's creeping down. All that doodle water that's going to come to the surface. Yeah, the Hudson's going to flood <laughs> over. Mud water. You got your torch, dude? I do. Hold on. Let me go grab it. I've never been to New York. Um, I kind of want to cross it off the list. I've been to Chicago, though, and that place is a fucking a nightmare. Um, but it was kind of a good culture shock for me. You know, it, it's what you described. I, I ran the Metropolitan, I, I, the um, the train. I did all of that shit, and it was like, ugh, fuck. And not saying that I'm above anybody. I'm just saying that, like, I could not live like this. Like, I put myself in that position of an everyday guy, and... I, ca- I catch myself doing that a lot. What? When I travel to places, I look at like the, wor- the people that are working on the side of the road. And I'm like, huh, like what would it be to be living here and this is my everyday life, right? Like, you could do it, right? No, nah, I would ask myself if I could do it. So yeah. like, if I was in New York and I was working, mm-hmm. like, I don't think I could. I, I don't think I could. There's too much, too busy. There's too much things going oh. on. When I went to Chicago, I was like, fuck that. There's no way I want to be here. Like, nothing against the city. I respect you right. guys, Chi Town, whatever. Um, I no don't beef. No beef with um. No beef with, no beef with Chirac. <laughs> yeah, we don't want no smoke, bro. Oh, I don't want no We're smoke. Good. We're good over here. Fuck good island vibes, bro. <laughs> Aloha. No. I was like, fuck, those, those, those big city people. That that they're a different New Yorkers. They're a completely different vibe. Mm-hmm. It's it's just you know a New Yorker when you meet a New Yorker. No shit, uh. There, you can kind of see a difference in the people who grew up closer to town as mm. opposed to people who grew up away from town, even in on an island as small as Oahu. True. And then you go outside of Oahu and you meet people who grew up on Kauai or the Big Island. or Maui's almost becoming like Oahu now. Way different breeds. Yeah, it's like the people are so different from island to island. It's kind of amazing. I love it. Like, you should check out every island before you decide which one you want to move to because every single one has its different yeah. pace, oh. different microclimates. It's like, I mean, fuck, You got dude. the high deserts to the rainforest to the fucking moon, man. Canyons. There's everything here. Like, you can get snow, ocean, everything. Everything. That, yeah. that, that's the thing is that you have everything. Everything. Yeah. And remind yourself of that shit. Right. Like we have everything, like so. Like I, I tell my family, like, oh, wh- where, where do you want to go on vacation? And some of them say, oh, like let's go Florida, Disney World. I'm like, okay, Disney World, I get, but going to Florida is just like going to Hawaii or California or I like to go someplace where it's completely different that we get to see. You know, that's why like I like to go to the cities once in a while. Because I like to stay in the country over here, you know. I like to stay away from the cities here. So I want to go and see the deep cities and see how they operate. Or go to Colorado and go in the snow, you know. Like, that kind of shit I want to see because I'll probably never, ever bump into that shit. Well, yeah. Unless I'm intended to travel to that area. We don't have, like, like the tall mountains, like, of Colorado and stuff like that. That's a, a different, it's beautiful and it's own way compared to like our mountains like our mountains are fucking dope as fuck no but those mountains those are mountains massive. are fuck yeah it's a different thing to stand up because like, i've been to like utah and like park city so i've 
I've seen the vantage point from standing on a tall mountain looking down. It's like, holy shit, like this is something else. It's, um, but is that a thing like where, you know, every, like the dude from Colorado, like what is the New York skyline? Tell me about that. Is it always like everywhere else you go? It's like, so nice. Uh, it's it, the, the weird thing is about being from New Jersey. I mean, we're basically like the joke. We're the armpit of America. It's like whenever my wife and I would go on vacation, wherever we went, it was just like everybody was from New Jersey. Everybody wanted to get away from this state. Nobody wanted to be there. Right, Every time right. you went, it was like, hey, we're, oh, Jersey, Jersey. And then the thing was, it became like North Jersey versus South Jersey. I mean, there's a bit of an accent different. Uh, we, t- we we call different foods, different things, nothing major. And then all of a sudden, like Central Jersey got involved. So now there's like a three-way argument between the state. Like, it's just like we can't even get along with each other. It's it's what set you it's like if if there was like a national divorce, Jersey would split up into three different states. <laughs> yeah, it's, yes, exactly. And, and it's all countries. over. It's it's the weirdest thing. Like everybody here, like they argue over it, whether they call it pork roll, Taylor ham. It's 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 like that's a big thing. If you say the wrong thing in the wrong deli, they're gonna look at you. They're be like, get out. Like what? Like why? Like they say that in South Jersey, not here. You know, it's like real. I just want to eat something. You know, it's holy shit. It's like pasta sauce versus gravy. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like how Italian are you? <laughs> exactly. Yes. Love Fuck. It. I have Italian. Ohio Italian family on my wife's side. So that's a whole different breed of Italian. Everyone Midwest Italian. From, everyone I met from the Midwest was pretty generally good people, bro. Yeah. I haven't met too much bad Midwesterns. Like, like country, like Midwest sentiment and like hospitality and even Southern hospitality <laughs> are very similar to Hawaiian <laughs> hospitality. You know, it's majorly based off respect right how you come but like everybody is willing to open their doors and welcome you in it's like yeah i I think that's an that's an important thing too like with traveling too uh back before we had kids my wife and i would always travel to puerto rico every year beautiful island absolutely love the place uh and we would go as tourists a lot she had a family over there and then we started embracing and, and accepting like the, some of the family's invitations to, you know, we just wanted to go and just go to a resort and just relax for, you know, seven to 10 days, whatever we did. We just wanted to drink too much. We just wanted to just pee in the pool bar and sit in the so, jacuzzi and eat, you know, food in, in the room all the time. But then we started going out and then we started going to the local places. Then we started going to the off the road places. Yeah. And that's that's when you get to start to really meet the people and to find out about the culture and to get the real food. And to, I, I, I have a weird thing. Uh, my wife and daughter do not understand me at all. I won't eat chicken off a bone. I have a thing about the bone. I don't know what it is. If I'm in Puerto Rico, though, they have roadside chickens that they just, they're just all day just on this rotisserie chicken thing, just soaking in these juices. I will take that. I will gnaw on the bone on one of those. That's, uh, that, it's, it's, and I would have never have known something like that had I not gone off the beaten path and found something like that. Yeah. You probably would love huli huli chicken, which is something we have here. Hana has a good one. Like, same thing, side of the road, sometimes in the parking lots of supermarkets, people would just set up these fucking grills. outdoor grills and just have it going all day. And, yeah. like, hundreds of chickens. you like a whole one or a half one. You know what I mean? They're yeah, just, yes. They'll chop it in half for you. Yeah. And you know what's crazy? Like, that experience 
made you open your eyes to a new culinary experience? Something that you already said a, like a no to, you were willing to compromise because of the setting you were in. Mm. And that's what's crazy, you know, like open your eyes, everybody, like, you know, like, oh, fuck, I'm in a new setting. Try it. Try that roadside chicken. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you get sick. I'm, fuck it. <laughs> I, I'm, a, I'm a finicky eater. I'm a bit picky. I got a sensitive stomach, this, that, the other thing. Um, when we were doing a Jane Silent Bob reboot in New Orleans with Donnell Rawlings, we went out to eat and he knows that I'm a picky eater. He knows that I'm finicky. He knows that I eat with my eyes a lot. So he orders the food when we go out. And this is what he enjoys doing. He orders and he knows food. He's a, he's a culinary chef. A lot of people don't know that about wow. him. Um, and he knows he knows his food. And we were in New Orleans, of course, and he just orders like six or seven plates and just they're all in front. And it was funny, too, because the waitress, she was standing and she wanted just as he the two of them stood there as I tried each thing. And there were one or two things that I literally couldn't look at. Like I said, I, I hate that I have that still in me, that little kid mentality thing. Um, I, I literally had to close my eyes, get the fork, bring it up to my mouth and be like, holy crap. I remember the, the waitress one thing that I was seriously afraid to put in my mouth. And they finally convinced me, and I tried it. My eyes, I still can picture her looking at me like, see? Try it. <laughs> like a parent does to a child. <clears throat> Try it. Told you it was going to be good. <laughs> What's going on? Are you taking, oh. The donut. Oh. That's a fat joint. Hold it up to that camera so we can get a good look at it. Yeah, I was going to say you should show him. Nice. Well, he can't see it, but that's pretty far, but yeah. Uh, that's one of those. Still, it's still fat. <laughs> it's like a thumber. Yeah, I'm going to go upstairs shortly, hit the bong, <clears throat> hit the bong a little bit, and then that's going to be it for, for the, the night next cap. couple hours. Yeah. Yes. Well, let's, I'll start to wrap this up. I'll let you, like, I think we've been going long enough. Um, how about... You tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram, on social medias, your YouTubes. Um, Instagram, I uh, uh, bearded humor on Instagram. Uh, I also do Fool Network on Instagram, which is kind of like a parody off of Food Network. Um, <clears throat> I found out that the Fool Food Network community, hilarious bunch of people. They enjoy memes. They enjoy the uh, making fun of Guy Fieri. Uh, a great group of people over there. And I'm also Mr. Beanmobile. Uh, I, I started a long time ago with uh, my first Mr. Bean car and then my oh, second Mr. Right. Bean car. Uh, so, yeah, I got my Mr. Beanmobile. You can find me there, like Bearded Humor, Mr. Beanmobile, and uh, nice. Full Network. Um, and this Saturday at Caroline. No, where you say you're getting up? This uh, this Saturday I'm going to be at the, the Williams Center in uh, Rutherford, New Jersey. If anybody wants to stop by, I'll be. Uh, oh shit! Uh, this is actually going to not be out till next week Tuesday. <laughs> that's that's why I'll be I'll, I'll be there the next Saturday. So oh, right I'm, on. I'm pretty much there. Yeah, that's uh, that's become my new spot. A, a wonderful wonderful place, wonderful group of people, and uh, again, that's that's what it's about: surrounding yourself with with great people, great energy. Just keep laughing. Awesome! Right on. Awesome. And what about you, sir? Uh, um. So, yeah. Uh, oh, should we do the sponsors first? Yeah, do the sponsors, man. Okay. Sorry, we're going to do our sponsors. Hang in. We'll, yeah, sit tight, bro. <laughs> what? Uh, Mills. Dot, no, MillsNutrients.com. Mills pays the bills for all your nutrient needs. Go check them out. And mahalo to them for supporting the podcast and looking out for the homies. Um, Small Kind High by Solidify. Um, special thank you for helping me move everything in my shop. So special thank you to them. 
Um, yeah, turn your edibles into tasty treats. No, turn your medicine, your flower into tasty treats. Oh, yeah. Flower, tasty treats. So one of our sponsors, you can bring Sorry. them your medical cannabis and give it to them. They can do the extraction and put it into edibles so you can consume your medicine that way. That's nice. Yeah. That is nice. Um, I like the local touch that they're doing with our nostalgic candy. Yeah, they're like recreating this local candy, which is actually a Japanese candy, but it's something every local kid grew up having. It still exists. It's not like it disappeared. Right? Lost popularity. Yeah, it lost popularity, but it, they're bringing it back. They're doing like these local flavor recreations. It's super cool. Yeah. Man. Yep, yep, yep. And Meat Lux. Meat Lux, your superior meats. <laughs> Check them out, meatlux.com, and uh, on IG, meatlux. What kind of wagyu? It's wagyu beef. Wagyu beef. Now they're doing lamb. They're doing high-end oh. lamb. Wow. So I'm fucking stoked about that. Hell yeah. Shout out to meatlux. And Brutal Mars Arts for the logo and for all your graphic design needs. Nice one. You like I, that wink? Yeah, I do. Cool. cool. I, I hope do. the camera is on me. Yeah. All right. Um... <laughs> And then now you can tell about yourself. Uh, the Grow Guru Hawaii on IG. Check me out. Um, I also have a new location coming up for a grow shop. New location and a new name. So stay tuned once we lock in everything. Yeah, big things, right? Big things are coming. Yeah, mazel. Mazel. And Voices from the Planet on Instagram, YouTube, the other podcasts I do. Be sure to follow, subscribe, and all that shit. Nope. All right. Thank you again, Andy, for joining us all the way through the magic of Zoom, Zoom, Zoom from beautiful New Jersey. I don't know about beautiful, but uh, listen, keep, tonight keep... was tonight was beautiful. Again, I will take the good vibes. And that's that's that is the beautiful thing. And uh, from here in beautiful New Jersey, I end as I always end with a, a peace, a love and a laughter. And uh, how do I do it? I want to get it right. That's, that's fine. That's yeah, accurate. I mean, there's so many ways to do it. Reverse grip. There's grip. this way, the super what's, loose what's, one. Let us. <laughs> I mean, it's some people like just I don't know. Just just yeah. be natural with yeah. it. <laughs> just a shaka. Just throw. Just always throw it is the kind of the thing. Yeah. Thank but, you so much, Andy. Yeah, thank you for being on. Nice to meet you. All right, brother. And thank you guys. Uh, wonderful evening. Right. Shoots. Clap it out. Clap it out.